Hi friends and awesome mothers. My name is Adol and I'm a proud mother of four. What I'm realizing over time is that doing it right as a mother is the thing that I care about the most, but also hands me the greatest of challenges. In order to get direction, I put together a habura of mothers that join to learn through my mother's super popular parenting curriculum. My mother is Mrs. Gitty Horowitz and she's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore in recent years. I get to sit down with her every week and either reflect on a topic that we discussed in the group or talk over something that's on my mind. I hope you'll find our conversation meaningful, helpful, and encouraging. Enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Check them out at intentionaljew.com. So the topic that I want to talk to you about, Ema, today, I, I thought of it because you just went to the Torah Masora Convention. And then I thought that you can offer a unique perspective on kind of guiding parents as to choosing a school because you are both a parenting expert and you are an administrator. So you see both sides. You see the parent side and you see the school side. So I thought a lot of people, a lot of parents are looking to choose the right school. I know in Israel, this is a very big topic. What we're finding is like, it's like a very, it's a strong topic of conversation. And we get asked all the time, where are you going to send your kids? To school, um, especially because we live in a more secular Israeli city. So that's like especially frantic. I mean, the mood of the question is frantic. Um, and I always I always wonder, like, why is this such a big deal? Why is why is everyone, you know, freaking out about choosing the right school? Yeah, we've thought about it over time and we have like a little bit more of a relaxed feeling of choosing a school. Like this is not like to say bluntly is like it's not the biggest deal in the world. Like school really doesn't make or break the child. Like we both went to like out of town schools that have kind of like a mix of all different kinds and we all turned out just fine. And most people can relate to that. Um, so we always wonder like, why is it so panicky? So for um, today, maybe to just take a step back and try to understand what role does the school play in my child's upbringing? Okay, well, you just said two different things. You said, what role does the school play in my child's upbringing? And then you said, what role does the school play in my child's education? Those are, could could be understood as two different things. Okay. Now, chinuch, the word chinuch could, could be an umbrella over both of those. Um, the child's upbringing is his chinuch. Um, but his education is also his chinuch. I think in the secular world, education means his academic education. Um, the ABCs, the three, the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Um, that's his education. In our world, chinuch more means the, the umbrella of bringing up a child. In addition to part of bringing up a child is also teaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, Many, many years ago, um, a Jewish child was taught at home. There was no such thing as a school. Um, a, f- a mother was there for Torah Simacha, and a father was there for Limer Torah, for teaching the, 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 the actual meat and potatoes of, um, that's in Pepper Hall, and that's such a nice way of saying it, but of, of learning how to learn. He taught their the sons how to learn. Um, and then came along the reality that there were many men who couldn't do that. 
And so the school system was started. The school system was started for children who didn't have fathers because their fathers were killed in battle or were extremely ignorant, but, but the, or the father just didn't exist. So schools started. But once schools started, schools were started for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so the opportunity to send a child to school became a reality. But we can never, ever, ever lose sight of the fact that that's not how it was originally set up. How long are we the talking? Original- Just curious. Like, are we talking so, like 100 uh, years? No, 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 no. Thousands of years. Thousands We're talking of years. Uh-huh. In the, in thousands of years. This is the, the Gemara talks about, um, the Gemara talks about this and schools were set up. Um, no, we're not talking hundreds of years, we're talking thousands of years. Um, and so it became a, an accepted approach to chinuch, to send your child to school to learn how to learn. At that point, it was really chinuch abanim. Um, and an actual school, um, school system for girls wasn't officially set up, as you know, until, until Sarah Schneer. That does not mean that girls did not learn. Many communities that could afford it not only taught their sons, but also taught their daughters. There there were many girls in Jewish communities that were literate, that were, that were educated, that were educated, um, reading, writing, um, and, and beyond. But usually that education was done in the home so we have a mitzvah the, the jewish people have a mitzvah of limarat torah it's um limarat torah is connected kulam it is a mitzvah that is extremely important we're the people of the book we're educated people we teach our children um and we teach it in a in a beautiful way there's a there's a mitzvah to to teach children and it should be done in a beautiful way when we first teach the aleph base we give the ch- child um, letters that are sweet, that he can lick the letters, that the Torah, um, the Aleph base should be sweet to him. It's a very, very important um, aspect of our lives. That being said, we always have to remember that the Chinuch is really the responsibility of the parents. So that, that can never be forgotten, even mm-hmm. though we have moved away from that. And not only have we moved away from that, but I'm very sorry to, to share that we've moved so far away from that, that we've not only moved to an education of academics, of Torah learning from the school, but to a large degree, parents think that all of Chinuch comes from the school, meaning that the child's upbringing is the responsibility of the school. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we're getting into a lot of trouble. Because it is not possible for a school system to bring up children. And I'm talking from an administrative perspective. Um, it's not possible. You have schools, depending on the city, where up to, if I'm not mistaken, in Eretz Israel, the law is you can have up to 42 children in a classroom. You're now, quite right. Te- <laughs> okay. So I'm, if I'm teaching 42 children... My ability to reach every single one of them where they're at, or according to Shlomo HaMelech, is, if not impossible, near impossible. Right. Okay. It's, it's 
difficult enough for a parent one-on-one when she's dealing with a number of children. Now, HaKadosh Baruch who created us that we have usually one at a time. Um, but we have multi- multiple children at multiple ages that need different things. We all know how difficult it is. Now multiply that by a classroom of, you know, 42. And you see that it, that that's not possible. But more and more, that's what parents are expecting. So that's that's a that's a, a problem in our community. Um, so just to backtrack a for a second. So up till now, we're saying that w- when I threw the question out, we're saying there's the education part. There's the actual information, the reading, writing um, skills. Um, and then there's the and then there's the developing of the person. And, you know, back in the day, all of that was from the home. Slowly but surely, the education part, the skills and the reading and the writing was given over to the school. And over time, um, it's, it's thought, it's, it's almost expected from parents that they took the full responsibility of both parts of the education and the upbringing. So that's so where just we're, to add to that. Right. So that's where we're up to. So just to add to that, it used to be, if I'm not mistaken, in America, school started the, started at the age of six. So anything before the age of six was called preschool and it wasn't mandated by the government. Um, you didn't have to go to school till you were six. And there, I actually have friends in Baltimore who kept their kids home until they were six years old and they were in charge of their chinuch, so to speak, until the child was six. And then they went off to school. Um, preschool became you know, was lowered, you know, was, was, um, was ma- not mandated, but made more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, more required? usual. Oh. Like, I'm sorry. No, not, not required. Okay. No, not required. It's still, it's still, if I'm not mistaken, not a requirement, but it's more usual for a child to go to kindergarten, primary, um, nursery, pre-nursery, um, two-year-old play group, and then there's one-year-old play group. And then, of course, we there are daycares that say that school starts at six weeks. So that is we've lowered the the standard of when a child leaves the home um, to go out to a um, classroom situation to um, six weeks. So and many of those children are in daycare from seven o'clock in the morning until five or six o'clock in the afternoon. Um, they're out of the house a, a, major, a, a large part of their, uh, the majority of their waking hours, they're not at home. So we have, some, in, in a certain way, given over the education of our children to institutions. Um, now, this is really getting off topic because it's really a different topic of what age a child should go to school altogether, which really is right. not the topic you wanted to talk about, but it is right. an important topic. It's an important topic. Maybe we should talk about one day. Okay. Um, but, but it, it does definitely goes hand in hand with this concept that schools are, um, more and more responsible for not only the academic development of a child, but also the, um, the development of a child's self, their midos and their, um, um, the morals, et cetera, of, of who they are and, and what's important in life that has been given over to the schools as well. Um, yeah. You think time, well, actually, before we go into that, 
what what's in I don't know could we give an example of something that is not included in actual education in skills in reading writing that a, a parent might almost expect from a school to teach their child like what's an example of something that we're talking about um schools um parents do expect that midos Okay, character mm-hmm. traits should be taught in schools. Now, um, and that that's their responsibility. Um, level of Yiddishkeit in our, in our community mm-hmm. is something that parents want taught in schools. Um, a level of, well, Yiddishkeit, which, which covers a very, very large spectrum of, of, um, Topics and concepts um, are the school. The school is expected to teach them and to hold the children to a certain standard. And this is where a very big part of the problem comes in with what school to send to. Mm-hmm. Um, parents, you know, want to reach for the stars, so to speak. And you know, as the saying goes, "Reach for the stars." And if you fall somewhere on, underneath a bit, so at least you're falling in the skies. Okay, meaning that if we reach very, very high, at least they'll they'll come close to that level, which is which is a, which I think is a very, very big mistake to send the child to a school, uh, a little level of Yiddishkeit where your family is not holding. Um, that's that's a it's a it's a, a mistake I think that parents make. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, so we want the school, and I've heard many parents say, "Well, I only have the kid for two two or three hours at home." The child comes home at five o'clock. By eight o'clock, they're in bed. Um, you have them from eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning until five o'clock, four or five o'clock in the afternoon. You have them for many more hours. Um, it, it, you have to take on the responsibility of teaching them midos and, and hashkafos. And, and that's, that has to be the school's responsibility. And that's a big mistake. That's, right. that's not the school's responsibility. Right. There's so many no. angles to it because there's hours in school, but there's also like it's just in general the expectation. What we're what we're establishing is is that as parents, it's important for us to realize what we're sending our kids to school for. We're sending them to school to learn, but not to learn how to live, to learn information, skills. Now that's also tricky because we're sending them to a school that's teaching Torah, right? So. Mamela, as they say, there's going to be teaching on how to live because that's what Torah is. Torah teaches us how to live. Right. That's where it gets tricky. Um, because you really learn mostly from people that you have. Learning how to live comes mostly from people that you have a relationship with. Someone you feel close to, someone that you love and want to are inspired by and someone you aspire to be like. That's right. a parent, I hope. Now, sometimes that might be a teacher, might be, um, which brings us into a whole nother difficult situation where we find ourselves today where they're the inspiring, exciting role model teachers um, are few and far between. Right. People aren't, teaching is not the, the glorified um, profession that it used to be and 
And it's getting more and more difficult to find those inspiring teachers. So it's, it's a, it's a, we're at a critical, um, crossroads in history because this is a, a serious problem. Parents are not so available because they're very, very busy working and doing what they deem very important. And very often are, the things they're doing are very important, including being Mepharnes, the family. There, there has to be a Parnassa. There has to be, um, you know, people have to make a livelihood. Um, but they're not necessarily home for their kids. And they're sending them off to school, um, hoping to, to give over a large part of the responsibility of parenting to the school. And they're sending them to schools. Very often those schools cannot find teachers who not only, you know, can teach Chumash and, and Navi and Halacha and Lahavzal, math and science and English, etc. Um, not only can we not find teachers to do those things, but we also want them to be role models, <laughs> those inspiring, mm-hmm. um, role models for our children. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a serious dilemma that, that is, that is, um, uh, taking shape very quickly in many of our schools and in our communities. So you think the, like, what, what, what's the meaning, this big dilemma, it's causing what? It's like the, ch- the, the kids, the students are, are not getting what they need? Uh, well, no. If the parents aren't parenting and they want the schools to take over the parenting responsibilities... Um, because they are busy, because they have other responsibilities, then what I'm saying is that it's a serious problem because we, do, we no longer, maybe 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, we had teachers who were, in a sense, willing to take on that parenting responsibility to a certain extent, um, but we don't really necessarily have those teachers. I'm not saying there aren't any of them, but we have fewer and fewer of those teachers as people go into professions that are more lucrative um, and more um, um, respected. Um, So this is a problem. This is a problem because it isn't the school's responsibility, although parents would like to believe that it is. Right. So the shift really has to be in a parent's expectation. Because you're saying although although the main thing we're sending them to school is for, um, you know the the skills, um, it's also it, it's it's almost as a bonus if they're going to actually have the role model part. But to realize that it's not the expectation, and it, it's not that we just let go of our responsibility because they're in a good school, you know. And so sometimes we discuss that because we don't have like what's quote unquote, like the good schools around, you know, a lot of people might experience this when they live out of town and sent to more day school style places that you're as a parent, you're at an advantage because you are just, you're, you're more on, you realize, okay, I'm not expecting the school to, um, you know, to do the upbringing part of, of the education. It's going to be on me and you're much more, um, you're, you're more cognizant and more involved, um, because you don't, you don't rely on what we call like the street to bring up your child. It's not the street. It's the, the environment. You don't revolve on the environment because the environment's not going to do a great job. 
Um, so we always think we're at an advantage. Well, people will look at us in a, in a more secular place and say, how could you live there? Where are you going to send your kids to school? We think that's a funny question because we're like, no, no, no. We are so involved with teaching our kids because we know they're not going to learn it on their own because they're not in places that will that will just inspire them throughout. You know, what do you think about that? Is Emma? No, I, I totally agree with that. And even even more that you're very well aware of the fact that your child is going to be have certain exposures that are are ant- antithetical to your um, hashkafos and to your darachachayim, and therefore you're very you're very on. You're constantly on. You're constantly dipsticking to see what were they exposed to and and what does what are their friends talking about and what are, what are they interested in doing that you know that you don't are not interested in them doing and and how can you enrich their lives in a way so that they don't feel that they are lacking because their friends are doing things that you don't want them to do and you're much much more involved and and in in that way um there's a much greater chance i believe that um your children will grow up and use you as role models and um turn out the way you know, you, um, you live because they're looking to you for inspiration. And the relationship also is a good one because you focus so much on it. You're there for them. And, um, and, and they, they are, they, they want to learn from you. Like I said a while ago, children learn from people that they're inspired by and that feel, they feel loved by. Right. So it could be the school. And it could I, be on the that home. note, I have yeah. to tell you a funny story. I was once talking to a teacher I'm sorry, to a parent. Yeah. And I was a teacher of her child at the time. And um, I said something like, listen, Mrs. So-and-so, I really do love your daughter. And she said, I'm going to stop you right there. She said, I don't need you to love my daughter. <laughs> I need you to teach my daughter. I'll love my daughter. And it was like, whoa, what a rude awakening to me. She was right. She needed me to teach her daughter. That doesn't mean I shouldn't teach it in a loving way. But what she meant was that's not why I sent her to school. Right. And I was so impressed with her. She 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 was like, whoa, I need you to teach my daughter. And unfortunately, most parents I speak to want to say, I just, you know, I want you to love my daughter. Want I want you to take care of my daughter. I'm like, there are only so many, you know, there's only so much love to go around, honestly. Um, there's only so many hours in the day. And, and like I said before, a teacher with 42 students or even 32 students is going to have a much, much more difficult time loving your daughter than you do. Even if you have 10 children, it's not 40. Right. Right. So we're touching on, yeah, we, we, we touch on so many different things. We're touching on like the, what's the, the age of sending kids to school. Um, you know, I know you have a lot to say on that, like the formative years, like the early years, um, so maybe we'll have to talk about that at a different time. Um, and we also started touching on ch- choosing a school, but maybe we'll have to talk about that at a different time because like, what's your priority? Because I know that like our approach is, is nice and interesting, but I can't imagine there's not another side to the story. I can't imagine there's not a point of like to argue on it, you know, like exposure and, um, the, the, um, risk, if there's any risk in that. Um, so I'll have to talk about that. Um, but what we, what we got to at least today is that, um, in order to, in order to understand, in order to choose a school or to, um, it's important to step back and, and, and have, um, shift maybe our perspective, our attitude, um, of what we expect from our school and, um, and 
almost like reclaim or, or realize that it's not, we, it, we can't, just like we, we can't blame the school. We, we can't ask the school to do, uh, to, to teach certain things. We can't blame the school for not. Um, because there are, you know, the, the building of the child, building of the, the Midos and the, um, what do we say? The, the mental yeah, the, the character of the child is going to come from their home and from the people that they respect most. And it almost gives you, it, it, it puts up, it gives you the more of the responsibility, which, you know, might, might be a lot for some people, but it also is a very encouraging because you don't have to have the perfect school. There's no perfect school. It's not, you don't give them that much credit, you know? Give them credit for what they what what they deserve credit for for teaching, you know. But um, I also just want to jump in one more time and just say I, I'm not completely you know um, throwing off the the responsibility of schools to have proper role models and to love children and right. to do the right. best we can to do that. I, I'm not I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that. To, that that's not the primary responsibility of a school. A school is an academic institution. It's a, it's a it's a place where um, education is education in terms of teaching skills and and in our in our in our communities teaching Torah and teaching Nach and Halacha. The, that's the responsibility of of the school. And of course, that's going to go along with Midos and and Menshlachkeit and 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 building um, good B'nai Torah and B'nos Torah. That being said, the the nurturing that needs to go alongside that is not the primary responsibility of the school. It is the primary responsibility of the home. And when the home does that primary nurturing and the school does their primary um, teaching and and um, and disseminating skills and helping them on their level and a school has to be set up to be able to help every child on their level to learn when those two things go together that is a beautiful beautiful symbiotic relationship where a child can really thrive um, but when everything is thrown on the institution to to pick up the nurturing part you, you you're asking for for too much it's it's too much i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah Okay, that's very interesting. It's a great um, shift of pers- it's a great perspective, shifting the expectation and readjusting the readjusting the expectation and shifting attitude. However, we- and like you said, there's a lot more to discuss um, about schooling, um, and and I think would be a good place to start might be um, this understanding of the need for a child to be nurtured in order for them to learn properly.